Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. We're here at the Global Office in Bentonville, Arkansas, and I'm, I'm back with Rocky. Hey, Rocky. Hey, Brian. Good to be here. Yeah. And uh, we uh, we just wanted to, t- uh, today's topic is something that it, we're just excited about, just reporting uh, what we're seeing out in the field. And and uh, you guys don't always get to see all the things that we get to see. We we have a front row seat to see God working all the time, and it's so exciting. And we want to always make sure you guys know about it as well out there in, the, in our influencer community everywhere. But uh we really want to talk today, Rocky, about the international movement that's afoot. We, mm-hmm. We've talked a little bit about the women's movement, I think, that's happening, that's a, right. been going on for 10 years or so, and it's really starting to really take off. Uh, but there's a there's an undercurrent of international movement, it seems. And and I, I know, um, well, the Great Commission, which we thought, believe we're trying to follow, it, he says, go make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the Father, name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them everything I've taught you. Um, so that's pretty broad. Um, and uh, and then you know you re- recently you've talked about uh, where he says take it to Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, mm-hmm. or whatever. So it it always works itself out from where we are. But uh, we shouldn't be surprised when we get invitations broader out there. Mm-hmm. And and I think we've gone back and forth on this because it's like when we get out of the United States, sometimes we feel a little bit out of our comfort zone. Like we're in new cultures, new languages, all that. So um, so I want to talk a little bit, Rocky, about some of the things that we've we've done in the past, some of the things that we've places we've gone and been invited to and, and learned some lessons and then maybe talk about what's happening now and sure. and maybe some a sense of what we see God doing. And uh, we don't have it all figured out, but Mm-hmm. But uh, let's talk a little bit about um, what was your first, uh, what was the first time you saw that that this could be used internationally, that the curriculum? <laughs> I know I know. the first thing was just getting it out of Northwest Arkansas. Well, yeah, but. there you go. <laughs> getting it out of a Mississippi culture. Right. Me. <laughs> yeah. And, and you, you were the most surprised of that. Of course, yeah. I still am. And, uh-huh. and, and actually what I'm seeing now is continuing to show me what, I had no idea then and, and still see it as a mystery, mystery. Uh, that something that that originated from God. It's always that way. And I'll tell you that originated uh, from God to me from from the standpoint of our relationship with each other and in me where it stirred and cooked for several years uh, and then out of me where it had to be released. And that's. That's the way a disciple is formed. They first are discipled, and then to be a disciple, you make disciples. Mm -hmm. So it's that organic approach. And I'm answering your question because we need to look at it as an organism rather than an organization. Right. An organism, it it comes from a healthy cell that reproduces, Mm -hmm. whether it's an animal or vegetable. Uh, It's an organism that grows if healthy. And uh, an organization is requires a lot of of the uh, well work of of mankind. Basically, an organization is about what we can think up and deal with and conquer 
what we can envision and what we can set goals for and achieve through steps. Mm -hmm. And I was in that business for 35 years, so I know what it's like to cut my teeth in that, as most businessmen and women do. But an organism is something that defies that. It's something that happens um, in ways spontaneously, but in other ways slow. It, it just depends on how, it's, how it grows, you know. Mm -hmm. Oak trees grow slow. Pine trees grow slow, fast. So, you know, that's a different type of, of growth. But could could, it, could another way of saying it be a move of God? There's there's movements of God, and we've seen it in history. There's been revivals. There's been yeah. moves of God in the past. If it's an organism, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, yes, because the church that He created is an organism, not an organization. Now, when the church fails, is when it tries to become an organization, yeah, rather than the organism that He uh, made it to be. That's another story. That has to do with what he said about abiding and how grapes are produced and how health is needed and all of that. Another story we've been saying for 20 years was another story. But, but what we've seen in answering to your question is the first movement outside of Northwest Arkansas would have gone to California, uh -huh. and, and which is a different culture from Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Uh, good people out there, but they see things differently and act differently and, and process things differently. And and as a result, I didn't really know or think that it would work there. You know, we're Southerners. Mm -hmm. I'm a Southerner, you know. So the fact is, is that I didn't expect it to do much more than what I was doing with fellow people, you know. Mm -hmm. But no, it jumped over there. And uh, those core values that were... Uh, seen here and felt here uh, defied the culture. It, it really crossed that culture. It was not even relevant to it. And it was there that we uh, were that a, a translator uh, came through there from Egypt mm -hmm. and saw the work that was going on out there with peace ministry and uh, the activity. And it's very vital and very exciting. And he's wanting to know. Well, tell me about what you're doing and tell me about you know, your discipleship strategy, and they showed him the journey. Mm -hmm. Now, the journey at that time was not as uh, elaborated on this now. Mm -hmm. Back then, it was just some basic stuff, and, you know, it took a lot of filling in the, in the blanks by people that were trained to do it. So you just couldn't pick up the, the, you know, the journey and just really get it right just reading it. It had to be some more uh, information on there, which we have since... Uh, brought that to bear with the manuals that we have. Yeah. Because we want them to be kind of self-contained where people can self-train and, and facilitate and release it and reproduce groups without management. Yeah. You know, just an organism, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the journey was complete as far as the process is pretty much the same process oh, yeah. now that it was then. Yeah. But we've just refined yeah. the curriculum and the documents and everything yeah. that everybody uses. Yeah. But keep in mind that he's a translator <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and he's working with words uh -huh. and uh, not heart. He's working with words. He's looking at something that's working, but I don't think he yet understood it. Mm -hmm. But he took it and they went through a translation project and said that we want to get this to the their MENA, which is Middle East, uh, what is that called? Middle East North Africa conferences. Yeah. And it was in a in Egypt, in Cairo, Egypt, and, and it was the opportunity that was presented to them to bring in Christian material that can be purchased. And I think if I remember right, uh, he was he what he was intrigued about us is he said he'd been looking for something for men in the Middle East. Yeah. And ours was a, had a male slant right, at the time. Right, you know, right. yeah. 
And so, so he approached us and said, I'd like to translate the curriculum. And that was our first, you know, look at it. And it's kind of, you know, wow, <laughs> you're taking this to Egypt and Arabic and yeah, it's kind of heady stuff, right? Yeah. And I think that maybe that might've been the thing that kind of intrigued us is that, whoa, but uh, it was, it was certainly not that at all. We were going to be taught a valuable lesson. Mm-hmm. And the lesson has continued to be taught, Brian, and that is it's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's about what God wants to do. Mm-hmm. All we do is try to follow him. Yeah. So we followed him to Egypt. It was translated there, and we and we went over there. You and I went with mm-hmm. two other men. Yep. And we um, uh, the, the translators are highly respected men, highly respected. Mm-hmm. And he had... Uh, he had some people that from upper and lower Egypt. There are 37 businessmen and professionals that would gather together, men of influence, I guess you mm-hmm. say. They were gathered together uh, at a, a conference center in Alexandria. Mm-hmm. And we had uh, several days of conference with them. And, and again, that's a cross-cultural endeavor. Yeah. Yeah, one thing they don't have is coffee. They drink tea. <laughs> yeah, the first morning. That was first, hard. You came to me the first morning and you said, did you figure out how to get some coffee around here? <laughs> yeah, they didn't do it. And uh, anyway, we had to work through that. But um, but the other thing is that we saw we saw something very precious in those men. And there was something very sweet about them. Tender. Mm-hmm. Tender. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and surprising was that Books such as Journey to the Inner Chamber uh, really spoke to their heart. Mm-hmm. And they all read that before they came, and they were loaded with questions, and they were very attentive because, like it has in other cultures, it's, it's spoken to the inner core needs of of their life. Mm-hmm. And, again, that continues to teach me and teach us that this is not something man-inspired. It's an inspiration of God, and it goes to the core needs of people. It's, it defies culture. Mm-hmm. It defi- defies language. It defies logic in many ways. Mm-hmm. And what we re- when we really got in, I mean, really, really got excited, is when we had that prayer cottage. You want to tell them the story about that? Well, um, we were. I remember we were grappling for a couple of days with concepts like that, like. Is the inner chamber a place, or is it a place in your heart? You know, they they were trying to figure all this out, and yeah. and and it was interesting. You know, you trying to, and we had a translator for mm-hmm. everything. You know, but then uh, you had the idea that part of the retreat is instead of trying to explain it to them, let them let's let them experience, experience it. it. Yeah, and so we had they all had a copy of of uh, this. Prayer cottage in Arabic, <laughs> and we get and they'd never read it before, so yeah. they all got a copy at the conference. Yeah. And we said, "You told you said, guys, I want you to go out and read this book and spend two or three hours. I can't remember how many much time we gave them, and uh, and just let God speak to you. And then you're going to come back and you're going to share with each other what you yeah. what you experienced. Right. And so the four of us went over to one of our rooms, and there was a terrace. And we could see the men out walking the grounds of this this little hotel resort that we were at, and uh, you know, really contemplating, and talking to with God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, very animated. They were yeah, they were talking to God. They're praying. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was. We were going. Well, something's happening. We don't yeah. know what it is. And then we gathered them back together, and you said, uh, "We want to be a fly on the wall." You know, you tried to explain that that yeah. analogy, but we just want to sit back and let you tell each other. What you saw, and the translator sat by us and whispered in our ear what he, what we what we were listening, 
And it started a little slow, but then one man starts sharing, and then the guys just really start yeah. opening up more than we'd seen the whole yeah. time. So, and we knew they got it. Yeah, yeah, we knew they got it. Yeah, and uh, and then when we left, we we really felt really good about the uh, the journey being in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, to be honest with you, we haven't seen the fruit of it yet. That doesn't mean it's over. We've seen some. But we have discovered that in order for the journey to go in any place and really get traction, there needs to be a champion. Yeah. And um, and the and the translator uh, was a highly respected man, and and he and he highly respected. And he gathered some really good people. But like it was all said and done, I guess we were in communication with some of those people for a couple of years, and uh, one of them said said. Why would you bring me to a place of the excitement that I felt and what I could be having and not take us forward? Yeah, yeah. Well, and we discovered we discovered that they had translated the books, but not the manual. Fully, that's right. And without the manual, you don't have the journey. No. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the, the stories are great, right. and they can stand alone in some cases as far as just touching someone's heart yeah. and showing them some principles, but... The real journey is the manual, is the nine-month process. And so, yeah, they didn't have that. And so what did that teach us about international work? Yeah. It, te- it taught us that we need to make sure that when we have translations that they're tra- translated completely. Yes. And that the heart and the intent is understood. And the champion that is in any area, they're the ones we're going to work with to try to help them understand the DNA of it and protect it. Yeah, I didn't want to gloss over that part because that's the most important part is we didn't have a champion. No. The guy was a great guy. We still have a relationship oh, yeah. with him. The guy that did and the translation. Friends, well, you still have friends there. He just didn't He didn't embrace it like, I want to go make disciples in mm-hmm. Egypt. And I want to help start journey groups and all right. that. Right. He just wanted to translate the books right. because he thought they would be of help to the people over there. He didn't see the bigger vision. So Now, a bigger vision is that we never know uh, the work that God's given us where it's going find traction, foothold, and, and fruit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do know that there were some really good Arabic translations of the books. And we've put those books on our website for free distribution mm-hmm. of Arabic-speaking people for the purpose of blessing them. Yeah, We know that there are a lot of Arabic-speaking Christians out there, and these books are for Arabic-speaking Christians. Yeah, And it's to nurture their soul. And, uh, and so, you know, whether that's being uh, taken and read and embraced, whether we whether those books are being passed down and further to other people, we don't know. We don't have to know. We were just faithful to do what we were called to do. Well, we did a follow up trip um, ten years later, mm-hmm. and I went back over there with a young man from here, and and just to do some more guide training and just to see. But we. I don't. We still didn't have a champion. I don't think. And yeah. There's a church over there that was wanting to use the curriculum, but they made it more of a church program and less of what the journey is. Mm-hmm. And so it just didn't quite. I still think there's some good seed over there that we we we'll see if it ever comes. Well, about. I think that we were not guardians of the DNA at that time, right? And and that's important for everybody to understand because as we go outward, not only internationally but nationally, we're we feel like it's it's it vitally important to protect the DNA. Of the journey and 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 understanding what it is, because we we got a hold of something here that God's given us that's supernatural. Yeah, there's an anointing on it, and and I don't think we really understand what it is. We just know we got to protect it. 
Yeah. And make sure it stays true to what it is and how it, how it focuses people's eyes toward Christ. And I think we would say the DNA um, transcends culture and language. It does. It, 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 because it's biblical. The DNA is biblical. And it hits the core needs of people. Yeah. Uh, the core needs of human beings. What is a core need? Well, I believe with all my heart that when Jesus said, come to restore that which is lost, he was talking about core need. And the mm -hmm. core need was a restoration of our relationship with our creator. Mm -hmm. And I believe in every culture of every land of every all through time, there has been a God factor in people, a longing for, for God. And I think all of the false religions that have been established have come because of that longing that is within people, but misdirected. Mm. And that's when we come to Jesus where he says, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except me. He is the only provision, mm. the only provision. But there's still a longing in all mankind. That's right. And, you know, and that's why I feel like that Christians should be very concerned about getting their faith out there to people and showing the way to Jesus because there's a longing there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, um, sticking with the international theme, so the next the next one that I recollect was Brazil. Is that mm -hmm. the next one that, that kind of presented itself yeah. as an opportunity? Talk yeah, we, about that. And, it, 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 and that had some pretty good amount of fruit and probably still does. We just don't know, know what it is from the measurements. I've heard stories. Mm -hmm. But we had a, a, a missionary down in Brazil that was, gosh, it was, you had been in there 20, 25 years. And uh, he had he had been connected with Gary Oliver. They brought Gary Oliver down there to talk to a lot of pastors and everything. And Gary told him about the journey. He contacted my office and me and said, I, I'd, "I'd really like to develop a translation project in Brazil, Brazilian, excuse me, Portuguese for Brazilians." Mm -hmm. I believe in discipleship, and I and I do believe we've got to reach the men here. And uh, well, those are all the buzzwords I like to hear, mm -hmm. right? And uh, and so we entered into that and and had a most excellent translation done with professional translators, and we funded it. And the the publishing company in Curitiba, and I don't know if I'm saying it right, but I'm close to it. Loved the work; they loved it, and then they translated um, the books, some of the books, not all the books, but some of them. Uh, and uh, we had we had everything translated by the way. Everything's translated in Portuguese. And they published, you know, I think Pericottage and Journey Dinner Chamber. I don't know what else, but I do know this that when we went down, um, Frank Lill and I went down to roll it out down there with about a hundred men. And and Frank, by the way, is from Tulsa, but he has uh He's from Brazil and half Brazilian, half Jordanian, and he speaks yeah. Portuguese. Yes, so he does. That was a nice little bit. It was, of a, big, it was a good thing. And, and he had family down there, too, yeah. which he was able to see. But uh, anyway, so he and I went down there. Uh, I'm not even sure he was on staff with us. At no, the time. I don't he, think so. He was a, he was he was just, with, he was a guy. Undercover police journey guide. Yeah. Took off vacation to be able to go. That's right. Uh, but anyway, uh, we went down there, and sure enough, we saw the same responses from these people. I mean, they were just into it, more so than what we saw in in um, in Egypt. And I think it has to do maybe with this hemisphere. That I think that as we are translating with cultures, 
south of here and north of here in this in this hemisphere, I think that we have a little bit more of a connectivity. Hmm. When you enter into the Middle East, I think that there's a there's just a lot of different you know layers and years and years of the way you see things and interpret things and entering in that might be difficult unless you are a Middle Eastern that mm-hmm. understands that culture. Mm-hmm. But I found that in the Spanish culture, uh, in South America and the Portuguese, Portuguese culture, it's kind of easy to navigate those waters. Mm-hmm. It's really, it really is. There's a, like in Costa Rica, we've seen that. We've seen how easy it is to navigate that water. But when we got down there, well, it was just a beautiful exp- expression. And we went home, uh, that's when we were kind of out of touch. Um, the only way we kind of stayed in touch for a while, but then the missionary died. And, and uh, the, uh, I, know that, I do know that the books are continuing to be published. Now, people might say, well, how come you don't know that? Or how come you don't get royalties? Well, we released the royalties to be used down here to build the ministry. Unfortunately, we don't get any measurements. We don't get any feedback of who's doing what. But I have heard some things which are interesting. In Rio, uh, which is uh, north of a good ways north of Cortiba, uh, there uh, it, I heard about a church that the youth program uh, had a play and acted out Journey to the Inner Chamber, hmm. and uh, and heard that it was just you know had tremendous tremendous uh, benefit that came out of it, hmm. and I've checked on. Some of the Google, you know, checkings on those uh, books down there, and, and they're highly rated. Mm. So we know that they're still being used to minister. We just don't, we don't know how. We intr- we just trust that it is, uh, it's happening. Now, what is our wish list? Our wish list is that we could get back in the, it connected with the, the books, the distributions of the book and where they're going so that we can follow them up, mm-hmm. so that we can take them deeper into the journey and the discipleship process that goes beyond just the books. Well, in, in this case, you had a champion. Um, this, this missionary was a champion for the journey, wanted to use it. And he died. And he's passed away. And, and after that, we lost all touch of everything. After yeah, we that. lost cut, touch with it. And um, obviously, we don't have to control this thing to know yeah. that God can work. We don't have to, I mean, and this is kind of the way we, we do with a lot of this stuff, especially internationally, is that we just want to be faithful to to sow the seeds and pray that God will nurture the seeds and mm-hmm. bear the fruit. Yeah. And and we're seed sowers is what it comes down to. We support that effort. Yeah. But we're being invited into more. You know, the next one was the Spanish translation. Yeah, that was the next one I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. And that, that was specifically... Um, to go to a church that somebody had a partnership with in Peru. In Peru. Yeah. And it sat on the shelf for a long time. We had them uh, published, everything else, just never used. Yeah, the church ended up not using it, and so we had spent this money and, mm-hmm. and got the translation, mm-hmm. even published mm-hmm. uh, Journey to the Inner Chamber and Prayer Cottage in Spanish. Um, and we've had them for years. Yeah. You, know? you know, it's interesting. I did get a story about a, a, a Catholic a woman who was a devout, devout Catholic woman in, in Peru who um, read Journey to the Chamber. And after she read it, she declared to the person who told me that for the first time, I know Jesus Christ mm. as my Lord. Mm. 
And, you know, so I think that you can be devoutly religious but not know Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that can not only be with Catholic, it could be with Baptists and Methodists and Presbyterians. It could be with Protestants and Catholics alike. We can know of him, and we can even have a religious disciplines, but not know him. Mm -hmm. and, 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 of course, that's the mission. That's the primary mission of influencers is to the body of Christ to help the body of Christ to really get to know him intimately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so we know there was a need. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a universal need. We figured that out. But uh, in that particular case, we didn't really have a champion. We, mm -hmm. And we kind of felt like we got the cart ahead of the horse. We, we, we paid, well, in, really in the Egypt case and this one, I would say, mm -hmm. we did the translation before we really had traction or had yeah. somebody that really wanted it and, and they, they were ready and all that. But we were just trying to follow the Lord, just trying to be faithful, yeah. obedient. And, 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 and don't dismiss that because I think for the last 20 years, God has been building the foundation of this ministry before he builds the superstructure on it. Now we're seeing the superstructure now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's happening exponentially. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, that sleepy little Spanish curriculum and books that laid on the shelves for a long time is now jumping off the shelves and into lives in Costa Rica and Colombia and mm -hmm. various other places like that. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. And we've told the story of Costa Rica a little bit with Henry mm -hmm. and um, Ron Froelich from Bakersfield, who brought his pastor in Costa Rica. Uh, at least we had a few books in Spanish. He could give them to him, you know, and let him read them and all yeah. that. And it really... Took a little time, but it finally lit a fire in Costa Rica, and it's really going well. It's God's timing, so yeah, that's the way right. it works. But you know, the, the thing that I think is so good about the model actually, it, it is an organism that's, and again, that's what we're doing. We're not, we're not, we're not just saying we're going to plant regions and just say we've expanded our borders. No, we want to empower regions to have a to have a true. Uh, organism that is moving healthily in there and out of them. And as is true, Henry came on from one church to become the regional director of Costa Rica. Uh, but his many, primary ministry is, is to many churches and their pastors. Yeah. And then they're taking the journey into those churches and those churches are adopted as their discipleship process. Yeah, he's got his own 501c3 within Costa Rica, mm -hmm. and but he's using... Influencers material for his disciples. We're partners, yeah. Totally. So and, and and we adopt him like staff. Yeah, you know, so, and, yeah, and of course we're having the you know with his team we're having the curriculum um, and books uh, printed uh, down there and warehouse down there, and they sell them and keep the the royalties that come from it to support the ministry down there. Yeah. Yeah, you've always been really good about holding it loose and and yeah. you know releasing it, releasing this. well freely given to me, freely freely given away. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it's you know we'll 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 have to charge something because of the printing and everything else, mm -hmm. and we do have a percentage of that that goes to to empower our work in international work in prisons and various other places where we don't get any revenue. All we have is expenses mm -hmm. on that, and so you know the the sale of the curriculum. Um, is used uh -huh. for the ministry purposes, but I'd say that we're giving away as much or more than we than we if you if you look at it worldwide. Yeah, from that standpoint. Now, then there was French. Oh, yeah, that's right. Had a French translation, 
And that came by way of a, 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 a brother who moved here, a very smart man, moved, came to America from Cameroon. Mm-hmm. He was the number one student in Cameroon, the in the masters of uh, business, yeah, MBA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he came here and and he wanted to go to work, and he found out that he, he that didn't work, so he had to get an MBA over here mm-hmm. at Arkansas. And then he and he's working on his doctorate right now, by the way. But then, in while he was working with on his MBA, and while he was working with Walmart, he went through my journey group. And was captivated by it. And his thought was, I want to get it back to my people. Mm-hmm. So he translated the curriculum into French. And uh, and so we published those books and released it to them digitally, mm-hmm. uh, which has been used now uh, quite quite well in French-speaking Cameroon. However, the, the, there are a lot of bilingual people over in the surrounding countries around Cameroon. Mm-hmm. And English is still a very highly regarded uh, language that people use. So the French kind of took us into the English speaking and the English speaking now have taken us in Rwanda and, and, and Tom has just taken an African group through there mm-hmm. with these men from Rwanda. And, um, and the, I, I foresee that they will be probably a regional center of this ministry one day. Yeah, they're doing guide uh, training with them right now, and they're mm-hmm. they're excited about taking it to their people over there. Then there's the Philippines. Mm-hmm. In the Philippines, we have a, a, a well, let's start it this way, because again, remember organism. Mm-hmm. So we have a man, uh, Andy Collier in Maine, who has a friend in Maine who's married to a Filipino lady, mm-hmm. and uh, so um, he went to the Philippines. He fell in love with the people there. He knew a lot about their struggles, and then he came home and he had a heart to try to get it to the Philippine people, and uh, and uh, and so just in the last three weeks, I guess we've met the pastor mm-hmm. that he's been working with over there, and and we have found out that he has been leading them through the journey uh, by Zoom, and uh, and and they are seeing the same thing happening over there. Mm-hmm. They are seeing an awakening. It's it's stirring their hearts, uh, but uh, not a lot of English speaking people there. Uh, but he is working with him through English speaking, and uh, and that pastor is working with other pastors of other churches. Mm-hmm. And so he showed us a video. I guess it was last week or week before. Mm-hmm. In the video, were several teenagers around a table. I would say they're probably about. 10 or 12 teenagers, mm-hmm. and there was him with them. And the video showed them with their books out and their computers out. And you know what they were doing? They were translating the books. <laughs> they were translated into their language uh, as a team, and he was overseeing that. Yeah. yeah I think the language, uh, that if I get it right, is Basaya. It's B-E-S-A-Y-A, which I don't know. What we're learning is within a language, like it's not just as easy to say Philippine or whatever. There's all these different dialects and all these different tribal languages and all sorts of stuff. So it gets kind of complicated. Sure. In China, you know, we had the same thing with Mandarin Uh and then other Cantonese. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But you have a primary language there is Mandarin. Mm -hmm. And I think that you'll find that in a lot of countries you have a primary language, but then you have dialects. But when you go into tribes, guess what? 
They only speak their dialects. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I've heard something to the effect where we were told to go into every nation and every tribe, right? Yeah, that's right. And uh, and so, um, you know how that encouraged me because we were asked a question, okay, we can get this into very bright, very educated, intelligent African men who have gone through the journey. And they are as sharp as anybody you'll find articulating in English what they have discovered, their heart. And we were just blown away with those guys. But the question is, okay, but majority of people are not like that. Majority of them are living in the rural areas Mm -hmm. uh, in their own dialects. And so man would look at that and say, how in the world can we expand that, right? Well, that would be the organization, wouldn't it? But an organism is going to expand itself and figure out how to do it like they do it in the Philippines. Mm Mm-hmm. And I could see that translation projects like we see in the Philippines would be happening in tribes mm-hmm. all around because it is an organism. And if God is leading it, God is going to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Now, where do we play our part in that? Just following him yeah. and supporting it and training, uh, making sure they hold true DNA, uh, understand the, the their core needs and the core values is presented. Mm-hmm. Entrust it. Uh, it's a work of the Holy Spirit. And don't get ahead of Him and don't lag too far behind Him. Walk with Him. Mm-hmm. And that's what we try to do in leadership is walk with Him. And our international view is, you know, in Acts, there's an elaboration on what He said in Matthew 28 about go make disciples. He, went, he said it like this, you know, to make disciples in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, yeah. in all the world. Yeah. And there, there's kind of an orderly approach there. Start in Jerusalem, right here. Judea is your region. Yeah. Samaria, well, that's the place that you're most uncomfortable with. And the world, well, that's his heart, mm. to make disciples in the world. So we have to be faithful to our... Jerusalem, which is northwest Arkansas, in which we've done that. Mm. And then to be faithful to our Judea, which is the United States, which mm-hmm. you've done that. Uh, to our Samaria, which is the cross-culture thing, going into cultures that we're, we're not familiar with, the practices are different. Uh, some of them we might not particularly agree with or like, but, you know, he says go there. Mm. Jews didn't like Samaritans. Mm. You know, they didn't like them at all. And that had to be a breakdown in that, in that, in that, uh, the way they looked at people with those Jews, they had to say, "No, no, no, we got to look at this the way Jesus does, and He doesn't see borders, mm-hmm. He doesn't see boundaries, He doesn't see walls. We don't have problems in the body of Christ with races and with color and languages and cultures, because Jesus doesn't. Mm-hmm. And if we do, we're not following Jesus." But if we're following Jesus into our Samarias, we will go there with him and, he, and we will make disciples. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing is the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that we are being invited to all of those areas. I can see it. I can sense it. Mm-hmm. And I believe as long as we hold true to our dependence on Christ and letting him have his way with us and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit as he did that day in Pentecost, if we will let him take what he will with us and do what he wants with us, then he will accomplish what he can do. Mm-hmm. 
not what we can do, but what he can do. And that's what we want. Well, and you know, there's one thing, uh, a lot of these uh, men that we're meeting and women in other countries speak English, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I think the virtual journey groups have allowed us now to invite these people to taste it, to come and be part of a journey group. You know, we've had to issue shipping stuff over there because it's too expensive to ship to some of these countries, but we can send them digital copies, you know, and then they yeah. can be part of it. So that's one thing I like is that um, they can actually go through it and see what it's all about yeah. and understand it, you know, and that's what happened with Tom and the Rwanda guys. You know, they got to go through it first. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we have to we have to stretch our imaginations and get into his imagination. And like, for instance, in Costa Rica, that's that is Costa Rica is a very... Oh, I mean, they have a lot of technology there. I mean, yeah. they're, they're as good as America, and that's concerned. And a lot of similarities there. Um, but the Latin people like a book. Mm-hmm. And this is one thing we were told, that they don't want a digital copy. They want to have a book that they can hold in hand. What does that tell us? Culture. That's their culture. And uh, we'll have some cultures that they love digital, and we'll get right in there with them with no worry about shipping or printing or whatever. But there will be cultures that God takes us to that's going to require us to have to look at ways to get books to them. So in Costa Rica, what are we doing? We're letting them print them. We're letting them sell them. We're letting them have them so they can put them in hand. And by the sale of the, of the product, it'll, it'll pay for itself. Mm-hmm. And it'll expand the mission down there. But in, in they're not a poor country, though, right? Yeah. So we go into Rwanda or some of the other areas, and they they want a book. Well, then we got to figure that out. Yeah. And and honestly, we cannot afford to ship material. I think that you shipped was it two or three well, packets? No, it was five journey packs. Which normally cost about what five hundred dollars. The cost of the materials, yeah, yeah, about yeah. five hundred dollars. Right. Cost me that was donated to them, right? Didn't that's right. But what was the shipping cost? A thousand dollars. Get that? Thousand dollars. That's right. We we had to pay a thousand dollars to get five hundred dollars of product over there, and that cost us net a thousand or gross fifteen hundred dollars. So yeah. how can a ministry do that and expand it? We have to let the Lord show us how. Yeah. And I believe that we've been given a model of how to do that in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. And that is, we raise up champions, we release the material to be printed, housed there, and used there. Mm-hmm. That way we can avoid shipping, we could get it at a lower cost for them. Again, we're not asking for anything here. That's right. We just need to reduce our, our cost <laughs> of getting it to them. But we can do that. Yeah, that's right. I think God is showing us how to do that. So, so as of today, we have uh, all the curriculum translated into French. Mm-hmm. We have all of it translated into Spanish. Mm-hmm. Those are the two complete languages, I would mm-hmm. say, that we could go and now. Portuguese. And, uh, Portuguese is the older. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Some of the older. Yeah, doesn't, uh, have the d- doesn't have the new books and, and the older manual, yeah. a little bit older manual. So if, if that's to happen, God will have to raise up a champion over there again. Yeah. But but don't forget now, we got some in Russian. Oh, yeah, there is some in Russian. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And Mandarin. Uh-huh. Yeah, the prayer cottage was in Mandarin. Mm-hmm. So I'm just thinking our strategy hasn't changed, which is 
we're not strategizing saying, I think we ought to go for Rome or, you know, Italian or, you know, I mean, we're not just sitting around dreaming. I am. I'm strategizing going to Hawaii. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's right. (laughs) You keep volunteering for that trip. I I don't know why. I'm on the list. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Top of it. Does that count as a foreign language or a foreign country? It's my perk. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) The founder perk. Um, Well, I'm just thinking for our listeners out there, I want them to be praying with us about God to raise up champions. In other countries, and you know, His will be done. To, you know, help us see the the open doors. Mm-hmm. Help us see where is He inviting us. Where, and and we're we are open. We're open to wherever, however God wants to use us. You know, even if it stretches us, we are open to uh, to help people find an intimate abiding relationship with Christ. Yeah. And no matter what country they're in, no matter what culture, no matter what tribe or language or whatever, we think this is a universal need in the body of Christ everywhere. It's interesting, this 20-year uh, journey that, that I've been on since this time is that he just doesn't let us lag behind. I mean, we, this is always moving outward. Yeah. We have not been stagnant. It's always been stretched. I mean, it's been a stretching life for 20 years and, right. and everything. But the great thing about the stretching, it gives you a greater capacity. Mm-hmm. You know, think about these little tight brooms I try to blow up at well, birthday time, and you spend your time blowing the veins out of your neck trying to get that thing to, to finally get some air in it. You mm-hmm. know? And then it stretches out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. But when you do it the first time, it's hard, but the second time it's easier. Yeah. Third time it's easier than that. Fourth time it's easier than that. So what's happening? The stretching is allowing a greater capacity. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way with the way that God stretches us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard. But as you do it more and more and more, we release more. And he stretches us to have a greater capacity to receive. Mm. And with a greater capacity receives, a greater capacity to give. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, um, we're past our normal 30 minutes, but we had a lot to share you know, today. You, you'll make this two. Well, I know. I did, yeah, yeah. We're right on the edge of that. You we'll can see. edit your part out. Okay, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think we, we got some, at least wetting their appetite to join us in prayer and yeah. to uh, to kind of know a little bit more. And I, I would say this, you can go to our website, influencers.org, and, and there's more information about the international movement that's going on. And you can kind of read about some of the different countries we've been in. And, and if you... Uh, um, if you're interested in uh, trying to get the journey to, to somewhere where you have an interest or have a champion or a relative or whatever, just contact our office and we'll talk about it. And uh, again, we're, we're praying about champions to be raised up who can can take it. And, and again, the best way is to take people through the journey first. If you can do that virtually, that's always a better case. But uh, we're very excited and we're very prayerful about what's ahead. So uh, we're, we want you to join us in that excitement. Anyway, this has been the Influencers Network podcast. We do these just to share the excitement of what's going on and uh, help uh, you become a better disciple maker and uh, and learn some things that uh, maybe that we're learning as well here at the at the home office. But I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you. God.
with me.